0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? R.J. Joe here from SB. Blogging Hope all is well, wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you are um, prepared to um, try and be reasonable. Maybe uh, maybe none of us are. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys lost for the first time this season on Sunday afternoon. It is, of course, our live Dallas Cowboys post game show. You can watch this on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog and the Boys Twitch channel, the Blog and the Boys Facebook page. If you don't catch the live show, well, that's just going to piss us off even more. But you can always catch the rewatch on any one of these platforms. You can also listen, obviously, on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. We do podcast the show as well. Make sure to check out blogandtheboys.com for all the latest and greatest in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. But I know what you're going to say. What greatest? There's nothing great happening with this team. 28-16, to 16, the final score for the Cowboys out in the desert of Arizona. Uh, we will get to my stock report. Uh, here on the postgame show, as Stephen notes, stock down the Dallas Cowboys. We do have a handful of stock ups, I think, to hand out if if we allow our brains to calm down. Uh, but it was a very, very frustrating game. Um, the Cowboys were double digit favorites. The Cowboys this time a week ago. Looked not only like the best team in the NFL, and I think that is something that we all generally agreed on, but uh, we've all been scarred in the past, and so I think we, you know, there was a, a sector of the fan base that was hesitant to believe there was a sector, um, that that kind of felt like Charlie Brown, right? Like, like, uh, like Lucy was gonna pull this, it's Lucy, right, who pulls the ball out, that she was gonna pull this out on us at some. Point it was going to happen, and obviously the Trayvon Diggs injury happened, and that was super unfortunate on on Thursday. And um, then the Cowboys had an offensive linemen pop up with injuries, and I think that to some degree we're willing to extend some kind of grace for that, right? Look, you go and you play any NFL team without your starting center and Tyler Biotish, without your future Hall of Fame left tackle and Tyron Smith, without your future Hall of Fame right guard and Zach Martin, you go play anybody there are in those conditions under those circumstances, it's going to be difficult, uh, but you're supposed to be different. That is the idea that we bought stock into uh, over the course of the past two weeks. And all the people who said they're, they're just beaten up on bad teams. They're just, you know, whatever kind of waltzing through this, they will fall eventually. You know, it's easy to kind of, you know, say those things right about any team. You can say that about any team in the NFL, but the Cowboys have kind of written that joke for the last almost 30 years at this point. All those people are um, are going to be very loud this week. And it is nobody but the Cowboys' fault that they are going to be loud. And, look, we can assign blame to really every side of the ball for the Cowboys. Brandon Aubrey was great, but special teams was a, was a disaster uh, in some respects, although I think certainly the most stable part of the operation on Sunday. Offensively, we're going to obviously talk about the red zone woes. Defensively, I know that we certainly 808 Cowboys Legion of Dooms has defense fail. I know that we believe in in all of the talent on the defensive side of the ball, but you cannot act. You cannot talk about you cannot put yourself in the pantheon of the 85 Bears and the 2000s Ravens and the 2015 Broncos and the Legion. Speaking of Legion of the Legion of Boom, you cannot say you're among those teams and then go let Josh Dobbs all due respect who played a great game. I don't want to take anything away from him. You cannot let these Cardinals just walk all over you. You cannot let these Cardinals go for this incredible day on offense. Offensively, the Cardinals put up 400 total yards. They had nine drives. They obviously scored 28 points. They had that big break at the end. Um, The Cowboys only got two sacks. We sat here and we talked about, and now we cannot. You know. I want to be very careful as a fan base. There were a lot of us. I'm I'm not going to take credit for this myself, but a lot of Cowboys fans who laughed at Eagles fans who blamed the slippery grass. I don't want to hear the slippery grass, all right? If you pointed fingers and laughed at Eagles fans, you don't have the right to blame the grass. But whatever, you got two sacks. This defense really did not show up, um, and we were putting them, again, among some all-time greats. We weren't putting the offense on that level, but again, the offense certainly failed in a lot of ways. Ravioli Cowboys says on Twitch, A lot of red flags from the game today. Just defense didn't do what they needed to do, especially in run defense. Offensive play calling is really alarming. Ecuador uh, man says the Houston game last year, Arizona this year, same old crap. The Houston game though, at least the Cowboys were able to salvage, right? They still won that game. Uh, That was important at the time. That was in December, obviously. Uh, It helped them keep pace with the Philadelphia Eagles at the time in the race for the Mm -hmm. NFC East. And I don't want to be you know, hyper dramatic or hyperbolic or anything like that. I saw this, uh, this point a little while ago before we started the show on Twitter from friend of blog of the boys, Dave Hellman of Fox sports. This is a loss. That will haunt the Cowboys. And and and, you know, that word haunt is is a big one. Um, but it will hurt when they are, you know, jockeying, we all think, for playoff positioning, for playoff seating, when when the you know, this is the difference between between being 12 and 5 or 13 and 4 or whatever the case may be, right? It's these tiny losses you have to win. The easy ones, because you got a lot of hard ones coming your way. Perry Peters, thank you for the super chats. Says, the NFL is hard. Good teams will have tough outings. We're not as bulletproof as we thought. That's, I think, maybe the most calm way to approach this. There's a lot of people who are you know, kind of ready to grab some some pitchforks and, and run and, and say that the whole thing sucks. I don't certainly think that, but I do think, um, and I'm not saying that you're not saying this, um, I do think... Um, that there are some very, very fair criticisms to offer about the Cowboys in the aftermath of what we just saw. Uh, Gabino says uh, on Facebook, the past two games, the defense was the difference, but today we needed Dak to be the hero, and he ain't it. Now – I don't have Dak Prescott as a stock down. I'll just be straight up with you right away. I I certainly don't have him as a stock up. I have the red zone offense as a stock down. I kind of cheated and and threw a big blanket out there. Let's go ahead and let's get that up here. Um, Again, I write about this every week at blogontheboys.com. I do a little Instagram post about it if you want to follow me there. Let's start with red zone offense as a stock down. Zach Fowler says, no Dak slander. The Dak thing gets so exhausting because, you know, some people go over the top with it, um, but, you know, I think it's fair to criticize him today. The Dallas Cowboys had five red zone possessions on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals and only cashed out one time, 20% success. And I think you can, obviously you can and should put an inordinate amount of blame for that on the shoulders of the quarterback, but you should also put some on the play caller. And we sat here and we, um, you know, we obviously, um, you know, actually I agree with Kevin here that says, Arjun, what happens to your rule? If you turn it over, you get a stock down. When you're the quarterback, you tend to turn the ball over more because the ball's in your hands. So, I mean, if you want, Dak can be a subset of this stock down. I'm fine with that. Again, I'm I'm certainly not offering any idea that Dak was great here. Uh, but um, but the red zone offense was really terrible. Really quickly, this super chat from Collins. Thank you, Collins. says, win of the game today. It was fun to sit amongst a bunch of Cowboys fans. Too bad the team couldn't rise to the occasion. Thanks for tuning in so quickly after the game, Collins. I uh, hope you get out of there safely and enjoy. And I hope you had a great time despite the loss, obviously, and you made some wonderful memories along the way um Shane Davis says is it Dak or the play calling I mean they haven't struggled in the red zone like this in a few years I think it's fair to say it's both right like I don't think um we have to explain it away and say it's one thing or another I do think you know we, we've accused Kellen Moore of, of getting too cute you know things like that when the field shrinks I don't know that it's that I think it's just the Cowboys kind of you know it's easier when there's more grass in front of you right and I think that they just kind of stop up and, and and I I wonder if if the you know We've obviously discussed the Dak Prescott interception thing at nausea. In fact, a week ago, kind of at this exact moment, he got a little bit upset about that when he met with members of the media um, at AT&T Stadium and talked about it. I do wonder if that affects you. You know, I, I mean, it's it's just kind of human nature to be affected by something like that, and, and Dak is certainly a, a more, you know, uh mentally you know sound person than I am. Uh but I mean it has to, right? Like you have to be, you know, risk averse. You know, that, that's just kind of, you know, you touch the pan on the on the stove and it's hot. You don't want to touch it the next time, kind of thing. And so um I do think it is a, a marriage and a blending of these two things. And it's it's kind of led to some um a, a lack of bravery, maybe if you will, a, a lack of of, you know, kind of YOLO-ish uh, when the Cowboys get down there, but it's, it's a problem. I mean, and you can't win that way. And you certainly can't win that way when you're allowing 28 points on the other side of things. Michael Watson, thank you for the super chances. I will miss Tyron Smith, but it's time for him to hang it up. Great when he's on the field, but his availability is an issue and he will more than likely miss more games this season. This was a common take over the offseason, Michael. So you're definitely not alone here. Um, let's see. Janie says in, in the chat on YouTube that she agrees with you. Now, Tyron presents a problem, right? Because, you you know, if he's on your team, you can't not use him, right? You can't not use a future Hall of Famer. But you wind up in situations like the Cowboys are in today. To your point, right? It's just a matter of time. In fact, Tyron, I don't know how you want to define this. I mean, he technically was an active player for the Cowboys. For anyone who missed it or whatever the case may be, Tyron was not inactive. He dressed and was in full on uniform and the Cowboys. I haven't seen anything um, to this point in the aftermath with everybody speaking Cowboys have not addressed the logic behind that. Um, I would guess that the logic was um, that Tyron was there as some sort of emergency option. Had the Cowboys dealt with even more injuries, at at least they had him in uniform because had he been a healthy scratch, he would have been completely and totally unavailable to them. And a lot of people obviously are going to accuse uh, and and that's to answer. uh, Gambino's question on Facebook says, why dress him up if he isn't playing? The two theories I, I would surmise are to have him in case of an emergency or to kind of get him through all the pregame warm-ups and see how he felt. Um, and had he felt right, you play him, and if he doesn't, well, I mean, whatever, you just kind of deal with it. And I know a lot of people obviously thought um, that the Cowboys were, were trying to kind of punt uh, this game, kind of like we talked about last week. They got by with Brandon Cooks and Tyler Smith not playing and Tyler Smith in week one. The uh, Cowboys thought that maybe they could have, you know, Could have just survived, um, you know, but even against a a lowly team, not having, you know, 60 percent of your starting offensive line is a very difficult proposition. But so assuming you count this as a game missed for Tyron, which you should because he didn't play at all, um, Tyron has now missed time. Every single season since 2016, it, it is something that you have to deal with. And you're, you're constantly on edge because you never know when it's going to pop up. And Chuma Adoga, um, you know, it's it's difficult. And, and a lot has been asked of, of Chuma Doga and TJ Bass and Brock Hoffman. I mean, it's almost unfair what has been asked. And I do have, you know, some of these names on, on the stock down portion of my stock report. But it's really hard to blame them uh, because they've been thrusted into this situation so early. Um, so I, I, I guess to answer your point or question, I don't know if I'm doing a great job of that, but it is difficult. It's, it's very difficult to kind of manage Tyron Smith because you never know when that's going to happen, when you're going to have to suddenly be without him. And today was a whole new curveball in that sense with the, him being dressed and him being active and not even playing a single snap thing. That was a, a little bit new. Uh, my Mikey, my good friends, as we were talking about the super chat, Mikey says, we were talking about being generational last week. Um, you know, a common, uh, take I saw uh Gabino says Trayvon Diggs has already missed a common take I saw was that without Trayvon Diggs the Cowboys defense went from being historically or or having the potential to be historical having the potential to be generational to just being really good um and that felt fair weirdly Um it's funny how sports and things can kind of change you know on 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 a dime and a flip a switch can flip um but I mean geez I mean it, it can't this was not Purely an absence of Trayvon Diggs, although I think it's definitely fair to say that he was missed. And I saw one of you said in the chat a little while ago that there was definitely um, a a suck in morale, right? There was just this this suck of energy that happened. And I think we all felt it just as fans um, on Thursday when that injury happened. And so to say that the Cowboys players and organization didn't feel it would certainly um, not be fair um a you know exclamation points is 12 point favorites and you lose by 12 wtf yeah in case anybody you know didn't see or you're not somebody who um who checks things like this the Cowboys opened as 12, 12 and a half, kind of depending where you look. It got up to as high as 13. They were 13-point favorites, meaning they're supposed to win by at least 13 points. That did drop a little bit early Sunday with the you know reported news that these offensive linemen were going to miss out. But even then, it only dropped to about 11 and a half. Again, depending on where you look. At SB Nation, we use DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, So to be that big of a favorite and to lose, not just in general, but lose by that particular amount um, is just a a really, really embarrassing thing. But back to the point that kind of um, started this whole discussion, the red zone offense again, I think it was fair. And I think it was logical to say last week, you know what? The Cowboys were purposefully conservative because they didn't want to get too cute. I don't think that anything that we said or talked about last week was wrong or incorrect in any way. But I mean, at this point, you know, this makes you look at that differently, right? Like the the benefit that we gave them a week ago that, that we lumped it up to being those things. Now, I think with, you know, a little bit of benefit of hindsight, if you want to call it that, it's fair to kind of pick at and poke at this red zone issue and say, OK, whose fault is it? How much is Mike McCarthy's fault? How much is Dak Prescott's fault? Um, and while we're on the subject, um, I know I have, you know, I didn't have Dak Prescott, as I told you, or don't have him um, as a stock down, but I'm fine if you want to kind of call him this. In fact, when I ride it, I'll put him here. It'll be red zone offense slash Dak Prescott so that way all of you can be happy but Mike McCarthy dude um not just um not just as an offensive play caller which I think is enough to kind of merit a stock down the Dallas Cowboys finished this game with 13 penalties and this is not often necessary to be said um but that is only the number of accepted penalties, all right? <laughs> there are sometimes in a game uh, penalties that are, you know, I mean, you all love football and watch football, They're right? There are penalties that are not accepted. These are just accepted penalties. There are 13 penalties. It's really difficult to not believe that the Cowboys were kind of buying the hype themselves, right? It's really difficult to believe that they themselves were not talking, you know, not believing that, yeah, we are this historic group, whatever. And how can you not believe that when you play the way they do, which is why it falls on the head coach to ultimately be the person to relegate that, right? And Mike McCarthy failed in that, that sense. I mean, this, you know, look, I would not throw out the statement that I'm about to say lightly, okay? So please know that. You all know me. I would not do that to you. This is the kind of game like the, the way the Cowboys dropped this was like a hallmark of the Jason Garrett era, right? We talked a week ago, right? When the Cowboys were playing the Jets, we talked forever about the 2019 matchup when the Cowboys started off 3-0, which they will not be doing this season, and then they lost three games in a row, including that third one to the New York Jets. That was just kind of a classic Jason Garrett thing to kind of, you know, lead. And again, I don't mean this to slight Jason Garrett, but that was just the culture of who they were to, to kind of, you know, shrink in the moment and play down to the quality of their competition. Um, and this was that. This was the Cowboys seemingly walking in thinking, hey, we're 12, 13-point favorites. We're just going to walk in and show up, and um, it's going to be fine. And we're going to get to 3-0, and and everyone's looking forward to us playing the 49ers. And the difference between the Cowboys and the 49ers is that right now, when they're supposed to wax an opponent, they do. That's the difference right now uh let's go um let's see here a you know says i knew it dak wouldn't get a stock down all right guys let's do it you've convinced me i'll add one give me a second to um to add one here it's a little bit difficult to do while i'm doing it stock down dak prescott all right again i i thought i explained myself very well but i'll add him for you guys uh where is that i put it right here stock down dak prescott i mean i don't think it was the worst game that dak has played but and and for a little while, Dak was kind of the only thing that the offense had going on. I, I mean, obviously, C.D. Lamb was playing. Oh my gosh, Michael Gallup was great. But I mean, the Cowboys defense was the Cowboys defense struggled from just about the like the beginning of the game, and so it it kind of felt like this could have been a game that Dak kind of willed them, you know, to the finishing. Uh, But the interception at the very end, I mean, and the interception is the most like, of course, thing ever, right? Like, of course, he's going to throw an interception now. Of course, this is going to be his first interception. I mean, the jokes kind of write themselves. Um, And so it's a tough, tough, tough thing. Um, And you can say that the play calling didn't help him out, whatever. But at the end of the day, he's the quarterback. He was he threw 40 passes and he completed 25 for 249 yards, had the touchdown, obviously had the interception, was sacked twice, uh, did have three carries for 24 yards. Um, just a, a really, really, really tough game, uh, for, um, for Dak Prescott in a lot of senses. Uh, let's see here. Garrett says, uh, not Jason Garrett. I, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. says I'm pissed that Gallup's apparently good day was wasted on a loss. Can he be both stock up and stock down? I don't know that Gallup did anything to be, you know, worthy of being stock down. Uh, I thought Michael Gallup was the best player on the Cowboys. Honestly, um, on Sunday afternoon, he leads my stock up. Michael Gallup. Might be back. Um, I hesitate to say that, like, with, you know, uh, some fortitude. Uh, Michael Gallup finished the day seven targets, six receptions, 92 yards, and should have drawn a pass interference penalty at the very end of the game. And I don't mean to be the guy who, like, complains about a penalty that didn't get called, whatever. The refs are out to get us. That's not my take. Uh, But that was pass interference by the letter of the law. He should have drawn it. And it just speaks to kind of the day that he had. Uh, Michael Gallup really looked like old vintage Michael Gallup. And it it is kind of funny the way time works. Um, He obviously hasn't been himself since tearing his ACL himself. Um, That, happened against the Arizona Cardinals near the end of the 2021 season so maybe the Cowboys kind of had to go full circle for Gallup to return to form uh but um just uh you know just a a funny way that that goes um somebody was talking about Brandon Cooks and saying he's kind of been a disappointment I thought Brandon Cooks was okay I certainly didn't think he was uh worthy of a stock down but Brandon Cooks seven targets two receptions um so at the very least you know something has got to get worked out there, Brett. Thank you for the uh, the uh, super chat. Excuse me. It says bad coaching, got high on their own supply. Awful run defense persists. stack. once again shrinks in a big moment. Game underscores all of the worries. I agree with you, Brett. That you know those things. um, Have any of you seen the TV show Friends? Right. What a what a unique question. Um, If you haven't, this is this analogy is not going to work for you. So. Pretend that you understand everything that I'm about to say. But if you have seen the TV show, friends, you all remember, of course, when Ross makes the list, right? The list to compare kind of the pros and cons between Rachel and Kathy to kind of figure out who he wants to date, you know, again, the qualities he likes about each woman, the qualities he doesn't like, whatever. Um, And when Rachel is lamenting about this fact, when she's pissed off at Ross, when she's all upset, she's all hot and bothered, rightfully so, because her insecurities have been tugged at. She says something that I think is really powerful. She says, imagine if somebody who you cared about so deeply, you know, made a list of your insecurities um, and, and use that as a reason to be with you. But she says, imagine just finding out that they think them too, right? Like that's a, Oh, it's Julie. I can't believe I said Kathy, Kathy. I uh, was the, the Joey and Chandler. What embarrassing moment for me guys. Embarrassing. It was Julie. Thank you. That's my bad. Uh, but you know, she says it's, it, it would be such a tug of insecurity to find out that somebody who you cared about so deeply thinks those things as well, those horrible things you think about yourself. Um, and so that's what this game does. This game attacks our deepest insecurities about the Cowboys. Well, red zone issues. Oh, Mike McCarthy's not the right guy. Oh, Dak Prescott's not the right guy. Oh, the defense is just a mirage, right? This game pokes and presses and twists at those scars. It's salt in the wounds that already exist. Zachary says, stock down CD, fight for the touchdown. I completely disagree with this. CD Lamb was awesome. Uh, He wasn't Michael Gallup, but I certainly don't think that he was worthy of a stock down. But that was my Rachel diatribe, um, if you will. So no stock down for me for Brandon Cooks. But I will say stock down for Stefan Gilmore. Um, and this bums me out because, man, I want this to work out so badly. Um, and it was such a great kind of, you know, two-week run, right, that we had where everything was awesome. Um, and I will say, you know, Stefan, it's a little bit unfair to say because, you know, the Cowboys didn't trade for him to put him in a position to be the premier cornerback on their team. Um, it was to kind of be the running mate, obviously, for Trayvon Diggs. And so expectations and responsibilities changed, right, obviously, with the Diggs injury. Um, and so it's, it's tough. But, I mean, Stefan Gilmore did not have a great game um in Arizona and I mean you could say this for a lot of people uh certainly on the defensive side of the ball but big time bummer for me uh to have to put Stefan uh Gilmore here and in that same sense stock down Deron Bland not same in that um you know where he's as revered obviously we think highly of Deron Bland but same in that it's really difficult to blame Deron Bland uh when his whole job changed uh right you know and so I don't think that that would be fair Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, did a poor job. Hollywood Brown just kind of won all day, um, against Deron Bland. Um, Zach says Deron Bland was bad early, but I am a maniac for saying we just sell a part of our future for a solid corner. Um, I know that a lot of people are like, you know, trade for this person, trade for that person. Um, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, the Trayvon Diggs injury really changed a lot of things. And, uh, so yeah. Um, Raul says, who on the defense had a good game? D-Law, I thought Tank was good. Didn't make Stock up for me good, uh, but was fine. I, for a little while in the game, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm kind of, you know, I've got a, a tentative list that I'm workshopping as the game is moving along. For a little while, I felt like Leighton Vanderish might make the list, but certainly can't put him there um, after the whole game was complete. The only defensive player for me to make stock up was Donovan Wilson. Uh, it was his debut. Uh, and so, you know, good for him. Uh, shout out to uh, Donovan Wilson for returning. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Ecuador man, sorry I missed your super chat, says uh, Cowboys are uh, – Cowboys are the buffs. Oh, the Colorado buffs in the NFL, all hype, um, SMH. Well, tough day for Colorado on, uh, on, on Saturday, certainly. But, um, yeah, stock down or stock up for me. Excuse me for Donovan Wilson. I thought he was all right. Again, the stock report is relative. you're, your stock is coming up from where it was. Your stock is falling down from where it was. Um, and so Donovan Wilson's stock was kind of at, at ground zero, right, because he hadn't played., uh, Mr. Jefferson says Gilmore looked slow. secondary in general looked like they weren't getting plays in on time. Maybe crowd noise affected them. The crowd was really kind of pro cowboys. So I have a hard time believing that the crowd affected them um, in that sense, but um, he looked slow. Uh, now, Steve says it's totally fair to blame Duran. We need him to step up and be digs. I get that. I mean, like, I get that, you know, I certainly get the, the expectation, right? But like just because you say it doesn't mean it's it's fair to expect it. That's kind of like what happened with Chaz Green in Atlanta, right? Like, oh, you gotta go be Tyron Smith. And it turns out he wasn't, right? And it turns out Teron Blaine's not Trayvon Diggs. Uh so um it's tough. Now Kevin says I had stock down Parsons in the first half. I had Micah Parsons on my stock down list. Um, and obviously the sack changed things and it's really difficult to, you know, ever this this might this this might have been one of the least Awesome games that Micah's ever played for the Cowboys, right? Like it, it certainly wasn't a bad game. So it certainly wasn't a poor game, but like, because like all of Micah's games are like this 10 out of 10, you know, an eight out of 10 from him feels disappointing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that again, you know, we, we sit here and we talk about, you know, this defense and the pass rushers and the sacks and Micah, whatever. And so if, if you talk about those things and then those things are not there, Um, I think it's fair to kind of you know talk about it a little bit. Um, I saw some of you talking about this. My first stock down that I settled on was J. Run Curse, um, which is tough because man, he is so awesome, um, and such a great leader for the defense. And I think we all have a lot of fun, you know, with the things he does and the way he stands up for his teammates. And he's just kind of a great you know dude to rally around, right? Uh, really poor game, um, and from kind of the jump. I mean, just you know, really struggled. Uh It felt like, and, and definitely looked slow compared to the Car- the Cardinals just looked so much faster than the Cowboys defense. It was really strange. I can't remember the last time it really felt that way. Uh, But stock down J Ron curse for me, Um, bummed me out to do this. Michael, thank you for the super chat. Says, wasn't Mozzie Smith drafted to be a dominant run stopper? Is it too early to expect him to be a difference maker in a game like this? Well, I don't know that the, um, that this was expected to be that kind of game, right? Like, um I think the phrase in a game like this would be more apt uh say a couple of weeks from now when the Cowboys are visiting the 49ers right like if I told you if I I said man I came back from the future Doc lent me the DeLorean um and the 49ers ran for 300 yards against the Cowboys you'd be like oh man that sucks but um I could totally see that right like that makes a lot of sense I'm pissed off at Mozzie Smith um but there's no way like if I had told all of you whatever it was like five hours ago 12 hours ago um that the Cardinals were gonna have all this success on the ground like it would have felt impossible um and so just um just a tough day but i i don't know that it's fair to blame mozzie um i think that there are a lot of other people um who we have hyped up and we have said you know we're going to kind of carry the group uh that maybe should shoulder a little bit more of the responsibility before the um the first round draft pick even if he is a first round draft pick uh let's see here uh kevin offers that mozzie hardly didn't get any snaps the reality when you draft the defensive lineman not in the top 10 is it usually takes a little time Rob says stock down Leighton Vanderish. He looked lost out there. I didn't have Leighton as a stock down. Um, I guess, um, I've mentioned two of my three stock ups. I mentioned Michael Gallup and Donovan Wilson. So before we kind of just keep the forecast with rain, my final stock up was Rico daddle had one of the most amazing plays of the season so far for the Cowboys offense, uh, which was amazing. Finished the day, uh, four carries for 21 yards, 5.3 yards per carry. The exact same as Tony Pollard, by the way, uh, Uh, also chipped in with three receptions for 25 yards. And, of course, the touchdown, the touchdown off of a screen pass, uh, which was very cool. Um, and it was ESPN's Todd Archer who noted during the game that according to ESPN stats and info, that was the first touchdown that the Cowboys offense scored off of a screen pass since 2019. Um, may I remind you that 2019 was Kellen Moore's first as the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so you know, About 4 years without a screen pass going for a touchdown. Um some of that's coincidence. Uh some of that's just like the way football goes. Uh but pretty wild. So um good for Rico Dowdle. had a great game. Uh so let's get back to stock downs. We mentioned Jaron curse, Chuma Adoga. Again, I feel bad cuz oh, wow, dude, what, what a horrible thing. You couldn't show up and just play left tackle in the NFL. And you know we've had we've thought very highly of chuma you know the last couple of weeks right having to fill in for tyler smith kind of on a moment's notice and then doing so again uh in week two against the jets and doing a great job uh before getting hurt but you know playing left tackle is obviously a very different thing and so i think a lot's been put on his plate and again you can argue that he should have stepped up that's your job that's the nfl you have to step up blah 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 blah. but um man um not a great game and um i don't you know, say these things to exonerate the rest of the offense because you have to find success, right? We talked about, like, you know, oh, even if Tyron or Zach or whoever misses a game when the Tyler Biotis stuff started to pop up late in the week, it was just a matter of, like, well, you got to get the ball out quickly. And the Cowboys were not able to do that. So that's not Chuma's fault. Also, stock down for me, Terrence Steele, um, just a little bit, uh, because without Tyron there, without Tyler there, without, you know, obviously, uh, Zach Martin there, you got to kind of be the dude, right? Like, you're, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to I'm never the like, oh, the contract was a mistake person. But if you're going to be that person, you're going to be paid the money that you earned. Certainly, um, you have to step up in a moment where you're suddenly like the veteran amongst the group and you can't have these horrible penalties. Uh, so that was definitely um, a tough scene in my mind. Ecuador Man says, why not Tyler Smith at left tackle and Idoga at left guard? I don't have a logical answer uh, for you, but I think the answer is because the Cowboys don't want to move Tyler Smith. And. There's some logic to that, um, right? The Cowboys believe we have to keep Tyler left guard because Tyron is at left tackle, and I think they would only kick Tyler out to left tackle if they knew that Tyron was going to miss serious, substantial time. That is my guess at the answer, but, you know, it is just a guess, nonetheless. Um, that concludes my stock down, so let's get back to your comments. Jim Jim, thank you for the super chat. Jim Jim uh, for the podcast. <laughs> it says the Philadelphia Eagles logo, uh, but thank you, Jim Jim, for the super chat. It says, this reminded me of the first Philly game last year which I now realize Gannon was a coordinator for. When they go right at Micah and take him out of the game, the defense struggles. Need others to step up. Okay, so uh, Jim Jim is talking about the Cowboys' visit to Philadelphia last year. Everybody remembers this, the Cooper Rush game, obviously. And that was kind of the first time um that a team did that that you know where they just instead of like trying to block micah and hold him off forever the eagles uh jim jim notes by the way in the comments uh, i'm an nfc east mixtape listener and love your content thank you so much jim jim that means a lot to me in case anybody doesn't know uh, around here i'm one half of the nfc east mixtape with brandon gowden he is the me for sb nation's eagle site bleeding green nation Every Wednesday, we release a show where he and I discuss the state of the division as a whole. It is appropriately called the NFC's mixtape. So we get a lot of crossover like this. Thank you, Jim Jim, for hanging out. And yeah, I think that's a great point. Jonathan Gannon obviously was the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles last year, the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals today. Um, and yeah, they, they, that they that is the book. That is the book on Micah. And Micah, in a, in his classic way, has, has said, and I saw, I think it was ESPN's Ed Werder who tweeted the quote during the game, Micah has said, run it right at me. Let's do it. And they did, man. And I'm certainly not going to be the person uh, to doubt Micah Parsons, but they did. And they are proving that, you know, or they're at least inviting other teams to do that. Um, And it's, you know, that appears to be the kryptonite to the Superman that is the overall Dallas Cowboys defense. It seems that groups have found the Achilles heel. And until the Cowboys find a way to hinder and inhibit that, teams are going to do that over and over and over again. Uh, so Jonathan Gannon, who would have thought the man that all Eagles fans hate may have cracked the code. So thank you, Jim, Jim, for the comment. Uh, Mr. Mike says, I guess they miss Schultz and Schoonmaker looks bad. I definitely don't think that the Cowboys missed Dalton Schultz. Let's just kind of calm down here a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's get here. Um, Robert says, I would, I wish we would stop having these expectations that Dak is supposed to win games for us in spite of the injuries and defense. I think, um, that, that is partly fair but i also think that that's unfair i mean i'm not of the opinion that we should just kind of lump every demerit for the cowboys under the dak prescott umbrella but at the end of the day he is the quarterback at the end of the day he is the person who touches the ball and influences the game more than anybody else on their team and so you know you can say it's unfair uh but he he has to by the nature of the way this is all organized shoulder a lot of the responsibility, but to your point, it, it doesn't have to reach a ridiculous and irrational level. Joey says, geez, y'all are unbelievable on deck. I imagine the comment section has been a little bit irrational. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Logo says McCaffrey's going to have 150 yards against the boys, put $20 on it. Uh, Zach Fowler says Ferguson was fine today to kind of address the Dalton Schultz point. Yeah. Dalton Schultz, excuse me, Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson has looked really great. I was not a believer. So I've definitely uh, come around on that chain notes on the Dak point that, uh, that is part of being a franchise quarterback. Definitely agree. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see. here. Jesus says, why not let Dak call his own game and see what happens? Uh, Well, he called the game uh, in the final game of the preseason. Um, And um, I mean, look, we don't have to, if, if we allow ourselves to calm down just a bit, we don't have to say the Cowboys lost. Everything they do is terrible, right? They deserve all the criticism, right? Like get in line behind me, right? Like let's, let's drop the fair and rational and justified criticisms for the way that they played on Sunday in Arizona. But just because they lost, does not mean that they're trash right like that we don't have that's not the sequence of the flow chart the loss means that they're definitely not you know the world record setting nfl team that you know we kind of let ourselves have fun with a week ago and two weeks ago certainly but you know the loss also means that they have some problems it means they're fallible they're not impervious they can be had they can be got they were probably you know kind of buying themselves a little bit and that showed I think all of those things are true, but we don't have to jump to the conclusion because all, half of you who are writing these comments a week ago were ready to book your tickets to Vegas, right? I mean, you were all like, oh, they're winning the Super Bowl. So you cannot let yourself be that dramatically emotionally swayed over the course of seven days. That's not good in any way. But um, we can be fair and we can say that they completely underwhelmed. It was a dramatically underwhelming performance. It was discouraging. It was frightening. It was frustrating. And it was potentially emblematic of who they really are. That potentially is an important word there. Um, Fernando says, uh, Fernando Alonso. No, it's a Fernando Angel says, maybe it's on health. Excuse me. Says, I'm sorry, but I think that they took this game lightly and that our three linemen sit out where at least Tyron could be played at least. I don't think that. Um it's unfair to say that they took the game lightly. I think they thought that they could walk in and beat the Cardinals without their starting offensive linemen, and that it might be ugly but they would get the win and they would be 3 and 0. And why shouldn't they have thought that when that strategy worked out for them over each of the last two weeks, when they went into the giants game, they said, Hey, we're going to rest Tyler Smith. We're going to play the long game here. And it worked out against the jets. They said, we're going to double down on Tyler. We're going to rest Brandon cooks. And it worked out for them in that sense. Right. So they were two for two on that logic. Again, I recognize that that sounds stupid to say right now, but they were two for two. Um, and so I definitely don't think, um, that, you know, they, uh, that I, I definitely agree with you that they took things lightly. Now, Christopher Summers says, come on, Arja, the offense has sucked all three games. This is completely false. By any measurement you want, The Cowboys have been one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL through the first two weeks of the regular season. Now, obviously, Sunday's going to, you know, going to weigh these things down. They were sixth in offensive EPA heading into week three. They were, I believe, 19th in offensive DVOA, which isn't, you know, top 10, but is hardly suck territory. Um, So, again, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to reverse narrative this thing. We can take what happened on Sunday. We can be pissed off. We can get through it together, but we don't have to now look for things to justify based on newfound evidence. Some of that is relevant with regards to the past, but some of it isn't connected at all. We're still three weeks into this whole thing. There's still a lot of season to go. There's still a lot of information to be had. The Cowboys were not going to go 17 0, but they should have won this game. They should not have only won this game, but they should have blown the Cardinals away, and they obviously did not do that. Jesse says something that people say offense is wrong rj we've seen this for the past 27 years same thing over and over jesse i will ask you what football things you cannot say jerry jones do the 2023 dallas cowboys and the 1999 dallas cowboys have in common i recognize that this is a franchise that has disappointed us uh for you know a lot of our life. Um, and while I like to have fun with connecting dots to the past, uh, a lot's kind of my bit. Um, the reality is that who they have been and how they have disappointed for a quarter century has nothing to do with who the 2023 team is. Um, let's see here. Uh, Loco asks if anybody saw Taylor Swift at the Kansas City Chiefs game. If you have any level of social media, I think that you saw the she was at this game. Uh, let's see here. Um, Let's move on. Uh Melvin says there were zebras out there. Yeah, the Cowboys suffered a lot of penalties. Adrian says they'll bounce back, but I think this defense isn't as good as we thought. I'll wait to see how the 49ers game goes. I think that's a fair way to play this. Uh Raul Duke says playing stupid caught up with us. A common expression that people used last year was the Cowboys were playing with their food. Definitely felt that way a little bit, and it came back to bite them. Uh Aaron Thacker says, yeah, the offense has sucked. The defense carried the team the first two weeks. I don't think that the... Um, I'm not disagreeing that the defense care okay, the team, but again, you all are, are are being incredibly dramatic by saying the offense sucks. Valentino wants everyone to know that I'm a fraud. Um, so if you're going to say that, Valentino, at least capitalize the F. Give me the respect that I have earned with you coming to hang out here on our show. Shane says, uh, it's a long season, so I see the logic of sneaking rest games for your players when you think you can get away with it. I think, I don't think it's unfair to surmise that that's what the Cowboys tried to do. It blew up in their face, obviously, but again, the logic worked out over the first two weeks of the season. And I'm not saying that to, to give them an out, but you know, it's fair. If they had told us before the game, this is what we're planning on doing to some degree. We would have said, yeah, I can buy that. That's a, that's a fair point of logic. Let's see what happens. And obviously it did not go well. SJ Johnson. Thank you for the super chat says the team overlooked the cards. No question. Red zone offense is again, a question mark. Defense looked like the 2020 Mike Nolan COVID year. Why did Tyron suit up? I know a lot of you have joined in later. Um, The thought process here, at least my personal thought process, is that Tyron suited up for one of two reasons. One um, is that the Cowboys wanted to get him to warm up and see how things went. And if they went well, he would have played. That is one of two possible theories. The other is that it's Possible that, you know, think about it. Three of their offensive linemen were not going to play. So they were kind of down bodies. So it's possible that Tyron was kind of in a position of, and again, these are my words, like, look, I really don't think I can play, but if the earth is ending and you need me to play, I'll figure it out and I'll go out there and I'll give it the old one too. So that's my personal theory, what I have developed in my fraud brain. Um, I think that, you know, Tyron was addressed in the event of an emergency. Had Chuma Adoga gotten injured? Had Tyler Smith gotten injured? I mean, you know, cr- craft whatever hypothetical you want to the point that they would have needed him to play because they would have needed somebody who was already in uniform, not somebody in sweats the way Zach Martin and Tyler Biadish were. Uh, let's see here. Nicholas says, uh, we fix the red zone. We will compete even when the defense struggles. I mean, that's fair. Um, you know, I don't think that that's uh, ridiculous. Uh, Fernando offers a super chat. I'm looking for your comment, Fernando. I think you may have dropped it uh, without uh, the super chats. So I'm, I'm hunting. I'm hunting. I'm I'm hunting. I'm hunting. I don't see it. If somebody can point me in the direction of Fernando's comment, that would. Oh, here we go. Found it says, do you think the defense was playing more zone now that we don't have digs? It's difficult to say without getting a a, a, a rewatch of it at all um but i think the cowboys trusted that stephon gilmore and deron bland and jordan lewis would be an adequate group and it just i mean they just weren't ready i mean like what a weird sentence to say out loud that they were not ready for the arizona cardinals but they they were not ready and um it's tough it's a tough scene. uh let's move on uh loco says if this was a rest game tell us so we can adjust our bets uh jimbo slice says um a rest game lol you cowboys fans are unbelievable i, I mean like even if it was a rest game, they should have won. Like I, I, nobody is like caping for the Cowboys and offering uh, an olive branch of a reason why they should have, uh, or like nobody's justifying the loss or giving them an excuse for it. Uh, Valentino, uh, who is not familiar with my work, it seems, says, "Don't be afraid to criticize the team." RJ, again, um, we've been on on the show now for. Uh, 40 almost 41 minutes. I think we've offered plenty of criticism about the Cowboys, but it doesn't have to be a hundred percent criticism, is simply the point that I'm offering. Um, lacks skills, says one game is the difference between a wild card berth or a division champion. No coach should think taking a week off in the NFL is smart. I understand this point, but I do understand as well that it is a marathon, and that if you have a player that you think you can get to hundred percent, because you know, the age old ism is that you're never at that place. you know you want to try and so i understand that it's all a game of calculated risks and if that was a level of consciousness that the cowboys had prior to this game it obviously did not work out for them uh rick ursulini with the positive note says eagles are playing the bucks could lose too I doubt that Uh, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be that kind of week, Uh, especially for my sports teams. Uh, The United States lost the Solheim Cup on Sunday morning. That stunk. My Houston Astros got swept by the Kansas City Royals. I know that a lot of you Texas Rangers fans enjoyed that, but that sucked. Um, And then this obviously happened. So just a bad time to be a sports team that I care a lot about. Um, Jesse asks on the book of faces, says, RJ, does Dak look uncomfortable in this offense? He does to me. I don't get it. I don't know that I think he looks uncomfortable, but I will say that I feel like we have yet to see him look very comfortable. Does that make sense? I don't mean to kind of ride the fence on your answer, um, but we have yet to see him kind of thrive in the offense. But I don't think he's looked uncomfortable. Certainly today, I think everybody looked rattled. Um, A, you know, with the greatest comment here, says Taco Bell to make me feel better. A, you know, just so you know, uh, we all endorse you going to Taco Bell. This evening, to get some food to make yourself feel better, get a Mexican pizza. No, scratch that, get two Mexican pizzas, no tomatoes, a crunchy taco on the side with no lettuce. That's the RGO Ochoa special. Tell them I sent you. Uh, That won't mean anything to them, but you should still do it. Uh, Rich L. says, in the words of Luke Skywalker, your overconfidence is your weakness. Great proverb. Um, I will say that the uh, new show, Ahsoka, kind of a miss for me. Not really enjoying it, but, you know... I'm sorry. I know a lot of you really like it. Uh, William on YouTube says, we excused the red zone offense the last two weeks because we were up big and we said Mike was being conservative. I guess we were wrong. Again, we don't have to say this. And I think that's a great point, William, but we don't have to look back and say, well, we were 100% wrong. I think that maybe we were a little bit wrong. Maybe we weren't 50% wrong. But I think that there was fair logic and fair reason to come to that conclusion, that deduction, that was a reasonable assertion based on the context that we had at the moment. Um, You want the truth product reviews since I don't blame Dak other than the pick that was tunnel vision. Yeah, I mean it was a tough scene. I mean tough interception. You know, there's 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 nothing I mean there's no way of defending uh the interception. It was really, really, really tough. Uh Mark says hey Manchester United got a win barely. I think you meant to write Burnley, not barely, but yes, uh glory, glory man United did get a win this weekend. Appreciate you shouting out my only squad um uh, that did uh, get a win. Kevin asks how the Astros at the Rangers get the lead back. Kevin, I have been hurt enough today. Uh let's keep moving here. Um, let's see here. Um, Shane says the offense feels limited compared to past years. Well, I mean, they were the best offense in the NFL, like on aggregate over the (laughs) the last few years. So like, yeah, they're going to be limited. Uh, and, um, there was a team in the NFL who scored 70 points today. So, So, I mean, they don't look like the most functional offenses in the NFL. Uh, but that definitely, has to work or has to get better I don't think any of us are are denying that Um, and that falls squarely on the shoulders of Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy Um, just a a tough scene Um, Kevin has a problem with Jalen Tolbert says where was this superstar wide receiver named Tolbert today look I don't mean to like reach for things but Jalen Tolbert did draw a penalty on a punt right like he, he is coming along and I mean I know that Dak Prescott threw the ball 40 times, uh, but Jalen Tolbert just isn't a part of the offensive rotation. Didn't have a single target. You know, that's just not where he is at. Um, I would like all of you to answer. This is not my question. Jim Jim is not my plant, but Jim Jim, our Eagles fan who has joined the chat. So graciously gave us a super chat. Let's get to the comments here. Jim Jim's question to the chat. I would like all of you to answer. I'll buy you some time. You can all see it on your screen, except for the podcast science. You have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Jim Jim says, why do Dallas fans despise Dak so much? Have you guys watched the other NFC quarterbacks? It could be a lot worse than Dak. It's just one game. Okay, this is the world that we are living in where the Houston Astros blew their AL West lead, where the Dallas Cowboys lost by 12 points to the Cardinals, who so they were favored by in that exact same sort of or by that same sort of margin. Um, and to where Jim Jim, the Philadelphia Eagles fan, has landed in our chat and our post-game show, discussing the post-mortem of it all, and become the voice of reason. Uh so I would like everyone who feels, you know, kind of properly you know, equipped to do so to answer this particular question. Again, the question, cause we're going to take it off the screen to put your answers up. Why do Dallas fans despise Dak so much? Have you guys watched the other NFC quarterbacks could be a lot worse than Dak. Cause it's just one game, Jim, Jim, I will offer you my answer first. Um, it is because heavy is the head that wears the crown of the Dallas Cowboys, not just relative to criticism from the world, but relative to criticism from their own team. Um, Dallas Cowboys fans who I love dearly, uh, can be a fickle bunch at times, uh, particularly when it comes to the most important player on the team, which is of course the quarterback. Uh, so let's get to the answers uh, to the question. Um, Melvin says, I love Dak, but that pick was bad. That's fair. Christopher Gonzalez says, I love Dak. Uh, Rich L says, love Dak. Mike on Facebook says Dak, hit the, Dak can't hit the broad side of a barn. That comment appropriately and poetically came from Facebook. Uh, Aaron says, because he makes too much money for his talent. Aaron, I would like you to know that Dak Prescott makes $40 million per year at present moment, and you are saying that that is too much right now. I'm going to look right now at overthecap.com. I am off screen. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 10 quarterbacks who are making more than him in terms of overall value. Matthew Stafford technically making the same from an annual average value perspective. But you are pissed off, Aaron, that Dak Prescott is technically the 11th highest paid quarterback in the NFL from an annual average value perspective. Do you realize how silly this sounds when you say it out loud with facts and data and evidence? Um, let's see here uh ecuador man says eight years of nothing that's why jim ecuador man Dak prescott has orchestrated and overseen an offense that has done things that have never been done in dallas cowboys franchise history and he has kind of broken a lot of curses at the cowboys event he has overseen the cowboys you know being a playoff team in back-to-back years for the first time since 2006 and 2007 tony romo his predecessor only did that one time he helped the cowboys win double-digit games in back-to-back years for the first time since 1995 and 1996 something his never did. Uh AUNO says he shrinks in big moments. Christopher Summers says I am dak fan to many Cowboys fans are haters. Uh Robert V says ha ha nice jim jim the fan base is unreal. Um let's see here. Uh um SB, I think that's how you pronounce this phonetically, says we don't despise Dak but we know he is not going to get us to the ultimate goal. Um okay, Harold says you guys got to stop with this one game ish. Last year, uh, last year, that one game was the freaking playoffs. Um, let's see here. Uh, Brian, again, with the payment thing, the Brian is upset about the money that isn't his, uh, says because we paid that $40 million and expect better. He is the Cowboys quarterback and he makes horrible decisions. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Steve says quarterbacks make the most money. So they get the majority of glory for wins and the majority of blames for losses. I'm fine with this, um, uh, giving him the majority of blame, but the, it can be relative and it can be contextualized. That's really my only point. Um, uh, Michael says, I believe in Dak, Like I believe in Eli. Uh, again, Bo Allen says too much money. Um, okay. Uh, I like this comment from DN, uh, Rumpf says Dallas fans have to blame someone. Allen says Dak is a turnover machine. Despite the fact that we just completed the third game of the season and Dak has committed exactly one turnover um but okay um let's see here uh you know the deal it says real fans don't despise Dak, but he's paid a top quarterback and might not be able to reach those heights um joey says Dak had a very good game tonight did you watch the game joey my thoughts and prayers for you uh with people tagging you in the comments uh let's see here uh let's move on did we get a response from jim 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 this was the kind of uh, focus group that you asked for um And uh, I don't know if it was, you know, what you were looking for, if it provided any context for you. Ravioli Cowboys says on Twitch, Dak is far from the main issue with this team. Dak wasn't good, but not the only problem. Conservative play calling red zone. Rose and a poor showing from the D is what is rough. That's all very fair. Jesse says, I don't despise Dak, but he makes it hard to love with his play. He can look great and come back the next game and look like a USFL quarterback. Again, this is an over-dramatized point here. Um, Let's move on here. Um, I don't see Jim Jim checking. Ecuador man says uh, being a hater for having an opinion, SMH. Thank you for the super chat. I don't think you're a hater. I'm just coming back with, we're having a conversation here, Ecuador, man. If I only agreed with what everybody said, would this be like a useful exercise? No. And I'm not going to sit here, Ecuador, man, and say that I have all the answers or I'm right or I sit atop Mount Pius. I'm wrong about... A crazy amount of things all right but we're here to have a conversation we're here to talk back and forth like the group that we are sitting around the proverbial campfire and my hope i hope your hope is that we all can learn and grow and experience things from each other and that we can come to love each other and even if we have differences of opinions when it comes to the team that unites us all that we can shake hands we can high five and maybe we can you know go uh grab some lunch or grab a, a coffee at some point, some way. Uh, Mr. Jefferson says, we are all frustrated. It's not just one game. It's the microaggressions we feel slighted by because we aren't as good as we hoped we are. Uh, I'd never thought the term microaggressions would appear here uh, on the postgame show, but a loss to the Arizona Cardinals when you were 12 and a half point favorites will definitely do that. Um, let's see here. Bo, uh, I think Bo Allen has reached full troll status. Um, so I'm not going to uh, get there anymore, but anyway, uh, David has joined the chats. His fans are just toxic. I'm a Niner fan and fans complain about Purdy. Um, just a tough, tough scene sometimes being an NFL quarterback, but they are paid, um, I think, to be commensurate uh, with the um, the responsibilities that are on their shoulders. Um, so, you know, it's all relative, really, at the end of the day. Um, at the end of the this day, it was a very, very tough loss. It was a very frustrating loss. I think it was the kind of loss, um, you know, that, that we were afraid of, right? Like, and and we talked about that with the Rachel and Julie uh, analogy. Um, I think on, on some level, we were all kind of waiting for this and I don't necessarily want to say or, or imply that we were rooting for this, but on some level, doesn't it feel better to know that like the, the, the fear is real, right? Like um, Papa Roach knew man um, that the scars remind us that the pain is real. Like we were reminded today that the pain is real. Uh, now it's, difficult and uncomfortable, uh, to be reminded of these things and to have the stove burn you when you touch it. But I mean, we, we thought that there were flaws with this team and we had a great time <laughs> for the first two weeks. Um, but now it is all kind of real, right? Like now, now our, now our hands are dirty, right? Like now, now we're starting the work, right? Like it's, you know, I, um, look, I'm an, I'm not going to brag, but I power washed, around our house on Saturday, all right? Not trying to act like, you know, I'm Mr. Domesticated, but I power washed, all right? I power washed the garage, I power washed the back area, and I felt the power in my hands. Um, And it was about halfway through when I was doing the garage and doing the walls and things like this that I just got soaking wet. Um, And before then, I wasn't really that wet. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever power washed before. I, I didn't think that this would be the direction that I went in. But um nevertheless, it was at that moment because I was doing this at like eleven in the morning. It was at that moment that I realized, you know what? I'm gonna have to shower, right? like i'm I'm just, you know, i'm I'm not gonna be able to get out of this clean, right? i'm I'm gonna have to shower before I do anything else over the rest of the day that's the price that i will pay i you know we've all done some sort of like chore or project or something like that where you reach that point you're like okay i'm gonna have to shower like and you just have to come to terms with it you have to make your peace with it like i did when i was power washing and so we're at that point on the season with the cowboys where we realize well you know what we're just gonna have to clean ourselves off uh jim jim here to come back says my thought is just that coming from an eagle from the eagles last season expecting perfect is unrealistic the eagles had a generational season and still didn't win every game they lost to the commanders and they were eight. and No. And I hate, 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 hate to compare the Cowboys to the Eagles. But I think this is a really astute point from Jim, Uh, from Jim, Jim, excuse me. The Eagles I've said this on the mixtape were quite possibly the best team in Philadelphia Eagles franchise history last year. And to Jim Jim's point, they didn't even win every game and they lost the ultimate game. And so, I think that we sometimes see these crazy runs or crazy marks of consistency or whatever, and we allow ourselves, even though we know it isn't fair, to fall into the trap of thinking and expecting that that is going to be the norm. And again, I don't say that to justify the loss or make the loss okay, because I'm as pissed off as you are. This was really frustrating, and I don't get to wear a victory polo tomorrow. None of us do. But um, this is the game, right? Like this is, this is the game. And so there will be frustrating losses. There will be losses that we cannot explain, not just to the Cowboys, but to Jim Jim's point to the Eagles last year, who lost that game was at home. They lost that game at home when eight and to the Washington commanders. Um, and so, um, just, um, just remember that, um, you know, tough, uh, tough thing in the NFL is sometimes, um, do, uh, the Ikea Monkey says, uh, an Eagles loss tomorrow <laughs> makes this feel better. Um, I agree with you. Hopefully, uh that answers. Uh Christopher Gonzalez says, if it was Mahomes instead of Dak, would they have won? Did they beat the Lions? Christopher? I mean, like when the Chiefs weren't having a great game, did they beat the Lions when it was Mahomes? Mahomes is the best quarterback on earth. But did they beat the Lions or did they have a, a poor showing and not get it done together? I mean, I recognize that particular game, Kadarius Tony kind of like fell all over himself and there were a lot of flaws, but like did they beat the Lions? Like, you know, it's almost as if, as human beings, all of us are flawed, and all of us will have those flaws be uh, an issue. So Dak was bad. McCarthy was bad. Cowboys were bad. Everybody was bad. Um, Brandon Aubrey was not bad. Uh, Brandon Aubrey was great. In fact, I can't confirm this, so um, don't take what I'm about to say as fact, but I'm I'm going to confirm this over the weekend, or over the weekend, uh, as of Monday morning, but I believe... I believe, because Brandon Aubrey, our hero, I don't know if any of you saw this, Brandon Aubrey made three field goals. He was three of three, which means he is 10 of 10, a perfect 10 of 10 so far on the season. Brandon Aubrey is a rookie. Right? It kind of gets lost because he's been a professional before or whatever, but he is technically a rookie. I think, uh, and I so this is still a thought, I can't confirm this yet, but I think that Brandon Aubrey is the first kicker in the Super Bowl era, which is from 1970 to now, it's a very long time, I believe that he is the first kicker in the Super Bowl era to make all to, to have at least 10 field goals in the first three games of his career and make them all. Um, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's, it's a very small consolation prize, uh, but that's kind of cool. Uh, so you know what? Even if the red zone, you know, woes are a thing all season long. Brandon Auburn here to save the day. All right, people. Um, Let's get out of here. My wife made chicken tortilla soup and I can't wait to go eat like three bowls of it and just drown myself in it. So uh, this is the post game on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Make sure you check out blogoftheboys.com for 24-7, 365 Dallas Cowboys analysis. Uh, Subscribe to the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to our Twitch channel. You can also like us on Facebook. You can watch this show or any of our live shows on those platforms as well. Uh, If you're here, it would be super cool. If you like the video, if you subscribe, those things really do help us out. Um, If you are a podcast listener, you can also subscribe to the podcast network. We have two shows, two different shows that come out every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we have one show on Saturday. You get all sorts of Cowboys discussion, content analysis, perspectives, different people, different panelists. I obviously make my way on there uh, throughout the course of the week. Uh, but lots of stuff happening all across the blog and the boys universe, by the way, speaking of me, if you like what I do, if you think I'm cool, even if you think I am a fraud and don't even have the common courtesy to capitalize the F and you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram or threads, you can do so. At If you want to follow me on TikTok, I make the same joke every week, and that is that some jerk took that username, so I had to go with rj.ochoa. But speaking of that particular line, if you want to send me an email, if that is more your speed, you can do so. rj.ochoa at spnation.com. Or if you leave a comment on our videos, I will do my best to get to those. Obviously, a little bit tougher with the postgame ones because the chat is so awesome. Uh, But definitely, as we roll on throughout the week, uh, the Dallas Cowboys will be hosting the New England Patriots next week. It will be Ezekiel Elliott's return. And to check things out early, the Dallas Cowboys have opened as at DraftKings Sportsbook six and a half point favorites. Oh, they'll never come They'll never. There's no way they were twelve point favorites against the Cardinals. No way. I'm just here to tell you the information. So, Jimbo Slice says, "I'll admit Dak is better than Fields." That's a great way um, to end this. Uh, a lot of you were kind and said uh, to hit the like button again. That really helps us out. Appreciate it. Lord says, "Have a good night. Enjoy the soup." Oh, I will. I will enjoy it very much. My wife, who is wonderful and perfect, honestly. Um, She's the only reason this whole thing happens. Uh, But she makes the best chicken tortilla soup in the world. Uh, A very close second, Alamo Cafe in San Antonio, Texas. But anyway, let's get out of here. I love you all. My name is R.J. Ochoa. Your name is perfect in every single conceivable way. And I cannot wait to see you next time. The Dallas Cowboys lost, but the sun will rise tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you next time.